the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Of all the Christmas movies out there, and there are a lot, a Charlie Brown Christmas is probably one of my favorites. It's a classic in many ways, of course. It's got delightful music, endearing characters. Of course, Linus' beautiful recitation of the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2 in the King James, no doubt. Most of all, though, I love it for its simplicity. When Charlie Brown goes to pick out a Christmas tree, he ignores all the bright and shiny, glitzy and glamorous, tinsel-covered trees, and he picks out a rather ordinary, unassuming sapling. Not what Lucy expected or wanted. But it is glorious and profound in its own right. This is exactly how we should see Advent and Christmas in the ordinary, in the unassuming, in the humble things. For this is exactly how our Lord works in Advent and Christmas. Jesus hides his great glory and his power and majesty in lowliness, in weakness. He hides his holiness and his power and majesty in smallness, in humility, a virgin birth a little town of Bethlehem, a lowly feeding trough for a bed, an infant boy. This is, however, not the way we expect God to reveal himself or to act as a helpless baby, taking on the frailty of our mortal nature. And yet that's exactly what God does. When our Lord comes to us, this is how he comes, in humility, to save us. So when the prophet Isaiah foretells Jesus' birth, he reveals Israel, to Israel and to us, that the Christ, the Messiah, God's chosen one, he's going to come not as a conquering king like Israel wanted or expected. Rather, as Isaiah says, when the Lord comes, he comes in humility to save us. There will come forth a shoot, Isaiah proclaims, a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. The Lord will come, declares Isaiah. It's going to happen, the Lord promised. But he's going to come not as a big, tall, towering cedar of height and great strength and depth of roots, but as a little sapling, smaller than even a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, an infant in the womb, a shoot growing from the stump of Jesse, No accident, of course, that Isaiah depicts Israel as a stump. doesn't sound like a very flattering thing to be pictured as, but it's a reminder of Israel's sin. Their sin against Yahweh, against his word, against his promises. For even though Yahweh was their perfect king, and Israel was called to live under him in his perfect rule, and receive his perfect peace, and rest in his perfect promises... Israel was anything but perfect. They rejected the Lord. They followed other gods. They forgot about the Lord himself and all his word and ways. And so Isaiah, the prophet, doesn't pull any punches. David's family tree, indeed the whole house of Israel, is a stump. A dead, lifeless tree. No longer bearing any good fruit. Israel is cut down in their sin. The axe... John says later in the Gospels, is laid to the root. Jesus' stump 
Jesse's stump is a sign of death. Israel has been brought low and been humbled. And God's word comes to do the same to us too. Revealing that within us, we too are like this diseased tree in Israel. Our limbs, our branches, our fruit, our life, it's all infected, every bit of it. It's like the reverse of King Midas. Everything we touch, all our thoughts and words and deeds, spreads out like dry rot and decay from our sin to everything and everyone around us. And so God sends Isaiah to us too, as he did to Israel. To be a a little bit like Paul Bunyan, to clear the forests of our pride, to remove the logs from our eyes and ears and hearts and minds in one great swath of his word. To lay us low, too. Lay the axe to the root. Until we see that in ourselves we are nothing more than the same lifeless dead stump that Israel was. But this is where Isaiah says God does his best work. When we are completely and totally and absolutely and utterly lifeless and dead. The once barren womb of Sarah, for example, or Hannah or Elizabeth. God does some of his best work in things that look and appear to be dead and fills them with life. There was Lazarus called out of the tomb. The dead stump of Jesse rises and sprouts a shoot. Life. Jesus, dead in the tomb, rises on the third day. Sinners like us, dead in our trespass and sin, are raised to newness of life in Jesus, who came and humbled himself, even to the point of death on the cross, for you. You see, we're not saved by our humility, but by Jesus, who humbled himself for us. That's why Isaiah points to the stump of Jesse, Unlikely as it seems, as the place where the Messiah will come, Jesus will sprout forth from. Because Jesus is David's son and David's Lord. But notice that Isaiah doesn't use the imagery of David at the height and the power and the glory of his reign. No military might around. No, Isaiah goes back to David's humble beginnings. Back to the time when David and his family were nothing more than a bunch of unknown shepherds. A sign of things to come in Jesus' humble birth where he appears first to humble shepherds. And they're the first ones to see David's son and Lord in the flesh in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, when our Lord comes, he comes to us in humility and he comes to save us. And so through Isaiah, God gives us a preview of Jesus' death on the cross, where he will take something that is completely, utterly dead and use it to give life. There will come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. For he will not judge by what his eyes see or by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, peace, justice, righteousness. 
These were not the kind of weapons that Israel expected the Messiah to come wielding when he arrived. They expected a sword, a spear, not humble weapons of the Spirit. But again, this is exactly how God works, time and time again, over and over, throughout the Scripture, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God does the opposite of what we expect Him to do. He reverses and upends all of our expectations of Him. He's not a tame God, after all, but He is good. And in His goodness, in His mercy, in His grace, He reveals a great reversal for us, as He did for Israel. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. Think about how absurd that sounds to us. Or a leopard lying down with a young goat. Or the calf and the lion and the fattened calf and the bear and the ox eating straw together. All led, Isaiah says, by a little child. You see, through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord promised Israel that one day they would return from the exile that they were in as a result of their sin and God's punishment. He would always promise and did keep his promise to preserve a faithful remnant of those who believe and those who kept the faith. Isaiah depicts Jesus coming, both in his birth and then later in his second coming as a reversal of all these things that we expect. A righteous branch coming out of a dead stump of Jesse. A king from David's line, yet one who is greater than David. In Jesus, God pulls off one of the greatest surprise endings of all time. A great reversal of cosmic proportions. Because Jesus is the chief arborist, the great forester of all. He grafts us, these wild shoots, into himself, the true vine. That we, through him and because of him, might bear good fruit in love to others. Because Jesus is that stump of Jesse and the fruit of that tree and the branch, he also serves us and saves us on the tree of his cross. Jesus is made low to raise us up. He is made the least and the last one to make us great and the first in his kingdom. He's made poor to make us rich in his grace and mercy. He's born in a humble manger to give us a glorious eternal home with him. He has made the sinner on the cross to make us holy and righteous all other days of our life. He came in humility to exalt us and in glory in his coming to us, in his advent and as a boy in human flesh, but also in his final advent in glory as well. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal for all people For him all the nations will inquire and his resting place and your resting place in him is glorious. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.